Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You and I are to do greater. But if we do greater with this kind of an attitude, I'm passing by. I can't do greater. I can't even do normal. I don't have any power. I'm just waiting till Jesus comes. Take me home. Jesus, take them home, would you? Because they're useless here. Jesus said that his disciples would do greater things than he did. What? How does that happen? He raised people from the dead. How can we top that? Well, it's easy to get fixated on the physical things, miracles that Jesus did. But Pastor Mark will be teaching that focusing on the miraculous and spectacular will cause you to miss the bigger picture. In the teaching today, you're going to hear what Jesus' main point for coming to earth was. You'll learn what the Great Commission has to do with you, and then you'll find out how you can become one of those disciple-makers Jesus talked about. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 28 as he continues with his series called Led by the Holy Spirit. That principle, what Jesus is saying is this. Disciples, I was here to empower and develop you. Because your ministry, the 12 of you, your ministry will be greater than my ministry. Eventually, they understood that. Now, where do we see that happening? Well, it actually happened on the day of Pentecost. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Now, there's a word greater that you'll see going through this passage. Remember, day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, 120 people were filled with the Spirit, and, and they were speaking in tongues, which was the language of these people from all over the world, different languages. And Peter is going to preach his first sermon He has no Bible. He has no iPad. He has no commentaries. He's never preached before. He has no notes. But he's going to preach his first sermon. Do you think when Peter's getting ready to do this, he's thinking of the word greater? Probably not. He's up there going, because he's speaking to who? The very same people that said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So Peter gets an opportunity 
This is the same Peter who, when Jesus was being beaten and quizzed, three people came to Peter and said, Oh, you're one of them disciples, a friend of Jesus. No, I never knew the guy. I never knew the guy. I never knew the guy. Now you're going to see a boldness. This is the same Peter, except one thing. He's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be different. That's what we become. Because we don't do ministry in ourselves. We do ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. So look at verse 36. Remember, he's speaking to the Jewish people. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. Now watch this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, would you say that statement from Peter is direct? He would probably be like this. Let's say you're, you're the group. You, you and you and you and you, you killed Jesus, the Messiah. Now, that's bold. Oh, this is the same guy. Oh, never knew him. Never knew him. Never knew him. Same guy. Difference? Power of the Spirit. Power of the Spirit. So he shares this truth. And there's that boldness. Boldness to witness. Verse 37. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? They were cut. They were pierced to the heart. As Peter has made that statement, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us. And the Holy Spirit's message went boom. And they went, whoa, we're guilty. We killed the one that's actually the Messiah. Peter, what should we do? When we're sharing the gospel and witnessing, just as Peter was, Let's always trust in the power of God's word. See, the Bible is living and active. As I'm teaching it today, the Bible is going right to you. It's a sword. It goes to you. And when I talk about you doing greater things, even no matter what you say, that truth is coming to you. And of course, then the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us. Listen up. This sermon is about you. Listen up. So trust in the power of God's word and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't convict those people. The Holy Spirit did. And so that's why we don't have to worry. We just share the truth. That's what I do today. I share the truth and the Holy Spirit does the rest because it's the word of God. Now look at verse 38. What is Peter going to say? And Peter replied, repent. Where did he learn that from? From Jesus. First words Jesus ever spoke. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter says you need to repent. You need to put your trust and believe in Jesus. And if you'll do that, he's the only one that can forgive you of all your sins. Then you need to make a public confession. And you need to be water baptized. You need to say to your relatives and your friends... I'm not ashamed. I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. And you make a public statement by being water baptized. But that was not all. Look what Peter says. Then they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which would enable them to be Jesus in their world and do exactly what Peter just did. Not preach a sermon, but share 
the good news. So Peter states a promise from God that has a continuing effect today. Let me ask you, look at verse 39. Now watch how far this promise goes. Look at this promise. Peter says this. This promise, what promise is that? Of course, it's forgiveness of sins, but it's the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and who else? Your children and for all who are afar off, for all the next generations, for all on whom the Lord our God will call. So here's what I want you to write. This gift, baptizing the Holy Spirit, is for every Christ follower in how many generations? Now think about that. For you, the people of that day that were listening, for your children, and it goes on your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, and the next generations, for everyone that's called by God. Now, why would this promise be to every Christian for all generations? That was not a hard question. There's many people that believe, wrongly, that when the disciples left the earth, there was no need for the Holy Spirit, there was no need for gifts, there was no need for spiritual things, there was no reason to be filled with the Spirit. Well, what does Peter tell us? No, that's 100% wrong. Because how far is that gift of the Holy Spirit going to be given? All the way until Jesus comes back again. Do you got it? Now, why would my son and daughter need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit again? Dance on the floor, make an idiot of yourself, get catchers. Whoa, I catch you, you're falling out in the Spirit. Is that the purpose of the Holy Spirit? No. You will be filled with power and you will be my witnesses. Does our world need witnesses today? How about a generation from now? Will it be better or worse? It's going to get worse. So, of course, every generation needs the power of the Holy Spirit. Hello. That's why it never ends. Because the power of man is not equal to the power of the Holy Spirit. So Peter is telling us something. It will never end until Jesus comes back again. I need that power of the Holy Spirit. My kids need it. My dad, who was a pastor for 50 years, passed that principle to me. My wife's parents passed that principle to her. I've been passing that principle all my life. I've been in ministry for about 50 years. Not as a pastor, but lots of things before that. Only 26 years here. But I've been passing that principle on to you. You need to pass it on to your children. You need to pray for your grandchildren. You need to pray for your relatives. That they be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we can't reach this generation without the power of the Holy Spirit. Impossible. Impossible. It's essential. Now, here's what I want you to write. We hear Peter say this. The promise... And the priority of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The empowering of the Holy Spirit simply means that I respond to the leading of the Spirit. I don't push my way. I let him direct my path. That's the way we're supposed to live. Now, look at verse 41. What a result of Peter's 
bold sermon. Look at this. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number of 120 that day. Say with me the one word I ask you to remember. Greater. Was that greater? Yeah. Did Jesus ever see 3,000 people saved at one time? Never. Never. Now, let me ask you a question. There's another word. It's going to be very difficult giving you two words today. You did really good with your name, by the way. Way to go. That was good. First word is? The next word is? I didn't give it to you yet. Excited. Say it with me. Excited. Now, ask yourself a question. After Peter taught, and 3,000 came. Was he kind of bored? Or do you think he was excited? Because he knew who did that. It wasn't him. His Holy Spirit. He was ecstatic. This is fantastic. Hey, get the 1035 crowd in here, please. I'm ready. He was excited. That's what I want to leave you with. You and I are to do greater. But if we do greater with this kind of an attitude... I'm passing my. I can't do greater. I can't even do normal. I don't have any power. I'm just waiting till Jesus comes. Take me home. Jesus, take them home, would you? Because they're useless here. So, two words greater, excited. If I can do greater for God, I should be excited. Am I going to have to move outside of the boundaries? Yes, but that's okay. That's why he left us here. Peter was way out of his comfort zone, but he was excited. Now, the history of the church proves this. In Acts 1 through 7, the church ministered in Jerusalem. In Acts 8 through 12, they moved to Judea and Samaria. In Acts 13 to 28, they moved to the ends of the earth. Paul's three missionary journeys. See, they followed through exactly what Jesus said. Now, there are other people that have done this through the years. I'm going to mention to you the Apostle Thomas. It's known as one of the first missionaries in the early church. After the day of Pentecost, the gospel began to spread all over the world. Now, I'm going to say this to you so you'll understand. According to tradition, I'm going to read you a lot of things that are tradition. And we can't prove all of these things. But I think it's very evident they're true. But I'm not going to say to you this is 100% true. Because, again, we're talking 2,000 years ago. But here... Thomas is traditionally believed to have sailed to India from Israel in A.D. 50 to 52 to spread the Christian faith. He went from Israel. He got the first nonstop plane from Israel right to India in the year A.D. 50, right? Can you imagine? This is Thomas. Oh, by the way. What's the first thing that comes in your mind when you hear the Apostle Thomas? Yeah, Doubting Thomas. 
When he heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm sending you to India. You're talking to Doubting Thomas. No, he went to India. He didn't go there because he sent himself there. Holy Spirit sent him there. Now think about that. How do you get from Israel to India? There's water. So you're going to go in a little boat. How long is that going to take? Only Jesus knows that. Now, when he gets there, when you think about that, what is he going to do? And one of the things that I think is so amazing, when he got there, and this is the picture, because I've been in this area since 1990, Kerala. Kerala is the southern part of India. And you'll see when Thomas got there, look what happened in a short period of time. He absolutely started seven new church plants by himself. Those are the cities he started Christianity in. Now, I want you to think about something. How in the world do you do that? He said, well, Pastor Mark, it's no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And number one, here's Thomas. I've been to the place where he came ashore. I've been to the very spot where he came ashore. You're in a boat, you get a, whoo, that was a long three-week trip. Good. Here come these Indian people. They speak some dialect of Hindu. What does he speak? Jewish. How do you communicate? Think about that for a moment. How do you communicate? I speak a language, they speak a different language. Well, one answer could be power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Second is you take a burlesque courts. You get your DVDs, put the burlets on. Let's see if I can learn how to do this. No, we really don't know how. But there is something I read this week, which I thought was very interesting. There is a historical principle that there was already a Jewish sect in India, in that area. Now, they may have been there long enough to learn the language and help him. I don't really know. But of course, they weren't believers in Jesus. They were Jewish at that point. So we don't know how he did this, but he planted those churches in India. Now, you say, well, why, Pastor Mark, do you believe it's actually true? Well, here's the main reason. In India, most of India is, of course, non-Christian. In fact, it's worse today. They're trying to get rid of any religion other than Hindu. Modi, their prime minister, is trying to do that. And he's working very hard at that. But down in Kerala, the southern part of India, and I've been, like I told you, I've been going there for years and years and years. 18% of the population are born-again Christians. 18%. Now, that's 2,000 years later than it started. Did that just start by itself? No, I believe that Thomas was there. And as he planted those churches and those people happened, what happens to all of us? When we hear the gospel, we pass it on to who? A relative, a friend, somebody else. And here you are 2,000 years later. And it's 18, the highest percent of Christians in any place in India. Where did Thomas go? Kerala. That's why I believe it. Now, while he was there, of course, amazing things happened with God and the Holy Spirit. St. Thomas was killed by a lance that went right to his body in 72 AD. And he was entombed right here in this area. We don't know if it was all his body 
or what it was. But when you think about that, he went there in 50 or 52 and 72. Short period of time for your life. We don't know exactly how old he was. Did he do greater things? Yes, he did. Are those greater things still happening in Kerala today? Yes. Do you see how it passes on? That's what Jesus was saying. They will go to places I've never been. They will touch the hearts of people I've never seen with the same message that I'm giving them now. Thomas was no longer a doubter. He was excited about India, even if he has to be martyred, which he was for the sake of the gospel. How did he do that? He went beyond his ability. He went beyond the borders of Israel and was used in a greater way by God. Amen? When you look at that, that should challenge you. That's why I believe it's very possible. I can't say to you, absolutely certain, but I believe it's very possible. Last year, Linda and I were in India. We were in the northern India, Delhi. Hardly any Christians in that area. And I had the time of teaching three times to 200 pastors, Bible college students, so forth. And we ran into a man who was in the meeting. And I'd never heard of this before, but it was very powerful. He was a naked guru. Now, that comes to your mind, and you don't even want to go there. But, by the way, I'm not showing you a picture, in case you wondered. I'm not stupid. Okay. So, a guru is very common in India. They're always there to answer people's questions. See, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have God. Their gods are all dead gods. So, they go to a guru. He doesn't know anything. It's all false. It doesn't work. And this sect of naked gurus is very common all over India. When you go and have a one-on-one with them, they're always naked. It was just bizarre, totally bizarre. He knew nothing of Christianity. And one day, somebody gave him a tract, and he began reading the tract. Now, why would he read a tract from somebody? Because he knew he didn't have any answers. And this person was bold enough to give him a tract. And I met him. He was teaching at the meeting. And you know what he's doing today? He became a believer. Oh, by the way, in in our meeting, he was not the naked guru. He had a white gown on. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) And you know what he does today? He ministers to people, hundreds and hundreds of people all over India, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. See, that's greater When he came to Christ, was he saddened or excited? Excited. And when you heard him speak, it just challenged me like crazy. I mean, look at that background. God can change any person with a tract. Because the Holy Spirit ministered to his life. Today, Pastor Mark continued talking about the word greater in regards to the promises Jesus made to his disciples, including you. He recounted Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost and how it resulted in more people becoming Christ followers at one event than Jesus ever had. You were reminded that besides redeeming mankind, Jesus' other job was to teach his disciples how to reproduce themselves. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Led by the Holy Spirit. He'll be talking about the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and how that baptism worked out for Peter. He'll also be sharing how important having that constant refilling is for you to successfully be a Christ follower. You'll learn how to do a better job of becoming like Jesus to those around you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.